0: let me tell you about Jay's case Jay's case living in the united states 21st century i mean what are we doing with drug shortages you know that if we go to war with uh with china if we have another stoppage in china 18 17 out of the 21 ingredients used to make uh drugs gone we already are having shortages on antibiotics We should be um, empowering ourselves to take care of ourselves and our loved ones. Uh, Go to JaceMedical.com. Look at their Jace case. In it, you will get five different antibiotics that you can have on hand. Uh, JaceMedical.com. Make sure you use the uh, promo code BECK. Just be prepared for any eventuality. JaceMedical.com.
1: What you're about to hear is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn
2: Beck Program.
0: Hello, America. Welcome to Fight Back Friday. I wanna, I wanna talk to you this hour uh, a little bit about the nonsense that is the. Well, I was gonna say the, uh, you know, save the Earth movement, but I, I guess it's more of a let's fight inflation movement because that's where a lot of the dollars are coming from now does any of this make any sense and are we the people who i think are uh, rational and sane are we making any progress the guy who knows the guy who has been leading this for quite some time joins us in 60 seconds First, let me tell you about Victoria. She's a young woman. Um, you saved her unborn child. She found herself facing a challenge uh, when she discovered she was pregnant. Frantic internet search happened to uh, lead her to a woman's clinic where she would decide the fate of the child growing inside of her. Thank goodness it was a pre-born clinic. She was shown an ultrasound. This is the difference between, if you if you just say it's a glob of cells, you're likely to abort, but if you see the ultrasound, you recognize it's a baby, you hear the heartbeat, you double the chances of choosing life. Victoria chose life. Now she's eagerly awaiting the arrival of her baby boy. You did this with your donations to preborn. All they do is offer free ultrasounds. Dial pound 250, say the keyword baby, pound 250, keyword baby, or visit preborn.com slash back. That's preborn.com slash back, sponsored by Preborn. (laughs) Alex Epstein is uh, with us now, president and founder of the Center for Industrial Progress, author of The Moral Case for Fossil Fuels. He is pro-fossil fuels, anti-green agenda, and uh, uses facts to uh, back it all up. How are you doing, Alex?
2: Good. Good to be here. And Stu, you're here this time. You weren't here last time. Made, I know. I missed you.
0: It's great to have you here.
1: And of course, we, you know, we last time I think I had you on Studios America I was talking about your new book, Fossil Future, Fossil future which is yeah. the
0: update to uh, Moral mm. Case for Fossil Fuels, and a great, great book. I mean, it's one. He's I told like, I go back to all the I, time. I uh, it's nonstop. I mean, you're like a god to him. Or, I, 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 I don't know, know he's a fanboy. Has he stalked you at any point? Because well, for know, years. I, I've been, been trying him.
2: to create an army of him. So, <laughs> so.
1: A, 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 an overweight, out of shape army yeah, yeah, coming together yeah, right. right here. It's gonna go
0: well. It's gonna go well. <laughs> so um I have this sense that things are changing. Um things are being exposed like the WEF and ESG. That's been exposed now. It's starting to be almost a joke. Um, And when it comes to the fossil fuel usage, I hope that it uh, I hope that this changes a little quicker because we're entering a time where they're just going to choke us off and kick the door closed behind Are we making progress on this? I think so. I think there's enough
2: encouraging signs that people should be even more motivated to fight. I think it's, is it fight back Fridays? Is that what yeah, you yeah, call yeah. it? Yeah. So, I mean, my own experiences. So, I got passionate about this issue in 2007. So, almost 16 years ago now. And for most of that period, you know, from 2007 to the present, what I would call the case against fossil fuels has enjoyed a position of a moral monopoly. So basically, if you were against fossil fuels, right? If you said I hate, I'm I'm concerned about climate change. I'm against fossil fuels. You just got a halo over your head. Mm-hmm. It was just free status, mm-hmm. and there was no questioning of it at all. And then, if you were at all associated with questioning climate catastrophism, or let alone supporting fossil fuels, then you had devil horns. So it's <laughs> this, this thing where there there's no debate. And I think part of what I've helped to create and what other, what some others have helped to create is there is increasingly a debate about this. And I think a manifestation of this is, you mentioned the World Economic Forum and in particular ESG. When I started, you know, five or six years ago, I used to do consulting on messaging for businesses. Now I just help politicians because it's more high impact. But ESG just took the corporate world by storm, including the oil and gas industry. And everyone just said, oh, we love ESG. They just always parasitically adopt the new term, Mm -hmm. which is just so dangerous when Mm -hmm. your enemy comes up with a new term, especially if it's three letters, don't don't start (laughs) valuing those three letters, but they, Mm -hmm. they do that. And it was just, nobody would question ESG. It had a total moral monopoly. And now look at what's happening now. Now people have very negative associations with ESG, considerably negative associations with the World Economic Forum. And I think also, real questions about the net zero movement. And I think it's a combination of, I think, some of the intellectual work and activist work some of us have done, but also the manifestation of a global energy crisis, including Mm -hmm. a lesser energy crisis in America. Whenever you have a crisis, the establishment is called into question. And so I I view now as a very special educational opportunity, certainly in energy, the greatest one of my lifetime, because I was born in 1980, the the 70s energy crisis was even starting to become a memory then just like inflation, people don't think it can happen if it hasn't happened recently. Right Now both of those are happening, and people are open to, wait a second, maybe it doesn't make sense to restrict all of our reliable energy without a replacement. Maybe it, it doesn't make sense to just print right. money endlessly. Maybe, maybe logic is valid.
0: Right. <laughs> maybe. Right. Maybe. Yeah. maybe. I think the jury's still out on that, but we'll give that point to you for now. Um, the, uh, uh, when you look at how everything is under the umbrella of save the earth now. I don't know if you saw the story about rice needing to go away if we're going to save the planet. And rice, so now grain? rice <laughs> the, the grain rice the grain okay. okay feeds what? Oh, I don't know, probably half the world. Uh what's it going to be replaced with? Well, they Certainly not meat. No, they don't have uh, yeah, <laughs> no. no, they don't have that part of it. They're just they're just talking about getting rid of of rice. Why Resource would you worry intense. about yeah. they'll come up they scientists are working on something to replace rice. I'm sure
1: it's got to be bugs, right? We got to get to bugs. Yeah. eventually. how do what's the path to
0: eating bugs? So <laughs> when I look at this and I look at the people involved, I mean, you have said forever a moral case for fossil fuels because millions will die. Millions will die if we just abandon uh, power, electricity, Um we're also now having these zealots take on our foods, meat, rice. This is immoral. Rice feeds. So, how many people will starve without rice? I think rice is a great
2: example so i, I want to since it's about to be earth day and i'm here in town for this event called earth x which is traditionally i think an event for environmental catastrophists uh, but mm-hmm. i was invited uh, because former governor rick perry wanted to have me here I guess, as a counter. And so he's invited me and then the Texas State Climatologist. We're going to be on the stage together, which will be very interesting. Oh, it's going to be great. So yeah, yeah. We're hoping to get a really good you recording. You need to borrow of. a bulletproof
0: vest. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we haven't yeah. had any scares yet. Let's okay. hope.
2: Don't, don't get any ideas anyway. <laughs> um, and so it's Earth Day. So I want to, I want to ask kind of a question, which I think is maybe the most clarifying question when it comes to how people look at Earth. And it's very simple, but I think it explains how people could possibly be anti-rice in the name of the Earth. So the question is, what is your goal with respect to Earth? Is it one, to advance human flourishing on Earth? Or two, is it to eliminate human impact on Earth? And I think the anti-rice goal is eliminating human impact.
0: On Correct. Earth. It's and Malthusian. Be- because an Earth,
2: from a human perspective, an Earth with rice is a better Earth. Right. <laughs> right. And right. an Earth with fossil fuels is a better Earth. And so that's my perspective. You know, I have a pro-human environmental philosophy, and I think that's the root of all of this.
0: What is your stance on fossil fuels being fossil fuels? Or just some natural thing that, I mean, apparently it's bubbling up from the ocean floor all the time. It's part of nature.
2: Yeah, I think it's, mo- it a- it's mostly, um, I mean, it's more of a question for gas, but I think it's mostly ancient biological matter i mean this stuff can naturally occur you see that on saturn like mm-hmm. hydrocarbons which are, you know that's what yeah. fossil fuels are they can naturally occur but if you look at for and this is not my area of expertise but if you look at how like how people explore for oil like they're geologists who study the history of life so the vast majority of people i know who are actually finding this stuff definitely believe in what's called the biogenic theory
0: and wouldn't that be just the perfect way for a self-sustaining ecosystem to work that it would take stuff that is died and is 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 being regenerated into something else that is useful
2: well i mean the, the criticism would be i think it's a good point the criticism is oh we're, we're taking it at a faster rate so we're we're burning the stuff at a faster rate than it decomposed now from a certain perspective why and from my perspective like why do i care about that because We don't need to use the stuff forever we use the stuff and we discover better things like nuclear so we've got more than 10 times more quote fossil fuel underground than we've used in the whole history of civilization we're not running out of it we're running out of the freedom to harness it that's what's correct that's what's scary so um yeah it's it's a great thing another perspective that's even more controversial is well in a sense we're returning the co2 to the atmosphere because we had very high co2 that was absorbed You know, by like a lot of marine organisms, we're returning it to the atmosphere. Isn't that more, quote, natural? So it's interesting that they they hate anything that's impacted by humans, even if we're making it more like it used to be.
0: Correct. Mm. Um, When you look at um, the road we're on, especially this push from Biden and the World Economic Forum to get all cars to be batteries. I mean, the whole thing falls apart. Uh, when you just start to take it logically, do we have the transmission lines to be able to put all of wherever you're getting it from? Let's say, you know, ancient space monkeys come down and teach us how to make more electricity. Uh, we don't have the power lines to distribute this kind of stuff that fast, do we? Certainly
2: not now. I mean, I just think of it as it's very valuable, I think, just to return to basic principles and the basic principles of, you know, a free economy is what do we do? If you have a good idea, you are free to offer it to the market and see how it goes. It is not a good idea to try to make 67% of new U.S. vehicles electric by the year 2032 for a million different reasons, which is why it's not even close to happening. We have 6% adoption with massive government subsidies, people don't want these things, and the basic reasons are they're not as cost-effective for the typical person, and we have a decline in the availability of reliable electricity. And we're co- why would you have a massive increase in demand? Correct,
0: but you have car companies that are going out of the combustion engine. I mean, yeah, like they're now.
2: Con- they're. I mean, it's one of these situations where there's if if everyone else is doing it, it can't be that bad. It's it's just. People really think, oh, if the government is behind it, if Joe Biden's word is behind it, it must work. Like some politicians just think they're just God. magical. Like they, they can just they can just say words and then those words will just come true. So they can just say, oh, yeah, by 20. But look at Newsom, right? I mean, five days after he announced no more internal combustion engine vehicles in 2035, he had to tell us as residents of California, don't charge your EV. And by the way, don't use your air conditioning right. during a heat wave. This is, this is with a few percent EV penetration. And they're talking about making it close to 100%. So it's, what's happening is the worst crackpot ideas are being dictated. This is why we don't want anyone's mm-hmm. ideas dictated, even smart people's. What's problem is these people aren't only dumb, but they're <laughs> anti-human at the core. They're against energy. Right, they're against, you see them be, being against rice. They're against, really what they're against is human impact. So it's the combination of the evil of government, quote, planning, which is just government dictating, combined with an anti-human motive. At least the communists had a semi-anti-human motive, had a semi-pro-human motive. But the Greens, their core motive is eliminating human impact from Earth. So you don't want people dictating you to hurt yourself.
1: It really is fascinating. Now they say, look, we've got a, uh, they're saying it is a pro-human uh outlook they're saying there's a catastrophe around the corner we have to stop it we have not been thinking about these things for too long and now we have to do something about it so yeah you know evs might be more expensive and they might have some costs up front but that's why we need the government to step in and 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 take the reins
2: i mean there's a lot to take apart there but let's just take the idea of okay we have a looming catastrophe so i have a very simple rule that will rule out 85 percent of people's predictions which is I only accept predictions about the future from people who accurately portray the present. Hmm. So if they acknowledge
1: <laughs> that's, that's a good role That's really yeah, for, good.
2: for the if they acknowledge, hey, you know what? Human beings are currently in a climate renaissance and we're far safer from climate related disasters than ever. The average person is 150th as likely to die from a climate related disaster because the rate of death has gone down 98 percent in mm. the last 100 years. If they said it's amazing now. And so we've had one degree of warming. The earth is much more livable than it used to be. It's also greener. Life is better, mostly because of all the energy that came with the fossil fuels. But there's a looming disaster for X, Y, Z reason, I would listen, but they say, no, no, the climate is terrible today. It's never been worse. And then they give anecdotes of this person died, this person died, making you think that the death rate is right. higher. Right. Why would I trust them to predict the future if they can't predict the present? Either, there's only two possibilities. Oh, n- not of trusting them, but they're only doing it because one, they are ignorant or two, they have a different goal. And this goes back to, is their goal to advance human flourishing on earth? Or is it to eliminate human impact on Earth?
0: See, I think the elites have a very anti-human view. I mean, everything that is being done now across the board is uh, to enslave or to kill humans. You know what I mean? Tell them exactly what to do every second of the day. You're only going to you're going to have to walk if you live in this area. There's no cars for you. Your car can only drive so far. That's that's. Crazy. And I think they have a real Malthusian attitude. And I think the majority of the people who are just lapdog followers are ignorant of the real facts. Yeah. I mean,
2: I think Malthusian is actually charitable. To to them? (laughs) Well, it's an aspect of it. It's an aspect of it. it's It's what I call the parasite polluter view of human beings. So this is the view that Earth is what I call a delicate nurturer. So it's stable, sufficient, it gives us enough as long as we're not too greedy and it's safe. And then human beings are parasite polluters and our impact ruins it. Yeah. So there's that aspect of running out of resources, but there's also this idea of like everything we do ruins Earth. And at the core, that's obviously not true. Like, we, we make water clean. Nature doesn't just have Evian and Perrier flowing all over the place <laughs> and we ruin it. Like, we make clean water, right? We make the air a lot cleaner than it was when we used wood. Like, we make our environment unnaturally clean and safe. So, you can't not know that. So, I think it's really a belief that human impact is evil. But notice, they don't think bear impact is evil, right. beaver impact is evil. So, it's, it's a distinctly anti-human view. It's, I, I, that's why I call it human racism. Because it's the view that the human race is particularly evil that our impact is evil and the rest of nature's impact is good and this is a mainstream view it goes by green green means minimize or eliminate human impact it's an uncontroversial idea so this is how far we are against in terms of hating our species and our our nature right now
0: that is incredible Mm -hmm. um back with more in just a second first let me tell you about blinds.com how would you like it if you could do something to your windows at home that would have a positive impact on uh how good it looks and you can save a ton of money in the process of doing it good news is you can do exactly that at blinds.com it is the easiest way to get the job done and really easy i mean you you're going to sit around and you know sip a drink or whatever uh you just have to click on installation at checkout one price for no matter how many windows uh they cover and you can also do it yourself if if you're overachiever i mean i'm fat and lazy Anyway, you can also have the design experts for free. They'll help you design the best selection, everything from classic shutters to outdoor roller shades and a whole lot more. Blinds.com, they have covered 25 million windows, uh, and uh, they want to cover yours. It's a satisfaction guarantee. You're going to save money, in fact, 45% off selected products right now at Blinds.com. 45% off selected products, blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. 10 seconds, station ID.
1: So Alex, I feel like they don't normally let you on stage with climatologists to debate. Is that what this is? Is this a debate that you're participating in while you're here?
2: It's not a debate, it's a discussion. Hopefully it's a lively discussion.
0: <laughs> oh, I, oh, oh, I think it will be.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Why, when you get in these moments, because you've had some, some high profile back and forth with, you know, with climatologists and scientists talking about this stuff. You know, they say that you're not even allowed to participate in these debates. Because you, you're, you're no scientist, you're not an expert. But you are an expert. How do you deal with that approach, which basically tries to eliminate this entire perspective you're, from the conversation? You're just not an expert
0: that they have deemed <laughs> right. an expert. Yeah, that's the deal.
2: I mean, so the, the you're not a scientist type thing is really revealing because what we're dealing with are policy questions. right? The question is what to do, and that always has a moral component. So policy questions always have value, so they're never fully resolved by a factual one discipline, they're also always interdisciplinary. So energy questions when energy impacts climate, obviously energy expertise is relevant. And that's what I have primarily, I know quite a bit about climate. Most of these climate guys know nothing about energy. I certainly know infinitely more about climate than they know about energy, but it just shows that the only focus with fossil fuels and climate is what are the negative climate effects of fossil fuels? And this is where I think as a philosopher, I really have the expertise because they're looking, again, this question of is your goal to advance human flourishing on earth or eliminate human impact on earth? They're looking at the issue of fossil fuels from the perspective of our goal is to eliminate impact. So all they can think about is, oh, we're impacting the climate and that's bad and we should repent and we should stop. Uh They don't look at the benefits, but from a human flourishing perspective, you look at fossil fuels and you look at how much better have they made the earth, including how much safer are we from climate due to things like irrigation and heating and cooling and sturdy buildings. And I I do think this is, um, I think, Stu, you mentioned my book Fossil Future. I think this is really the distinctive thing about Fossil Future is it's the only book that looks fully at our energy choices From a purely human flourishing perspective and what people are shocked by is how different that is how differently you look at the same thing this you know the coal and oil and gas when you look at it and the earth from a human flourishing perspective it just totally changes your mind you look at it oh my gosh i'm so glad these guys figured out how to turn the glop into human life it's made the earth better (laughs) not it should have stayed underground and we should have stayed savages
0: and if we don't educate ourselves we are going to end up figuring that out not from a book but from real life as we're cold dark and hungry uh alex thank you so much god bless thanks for having me guys the glenn back program we cannot lose hold of the past you know that i know that we've got a whole new generation of young people who don't know about the past and they're not learning about it in school there is One thing that this one group, Tunnel to Towers, focuses on is 9-11. What happened on 9-11? The impact of 9-11 is still being felt today. Everything changed because 9-11. Only two states mandate learning about it in school. This is why Tunnel to Towers, the 9-11 Institute, is giving educators access to non-fiction 9-11 resources for K through 12 learning. This includes full curriculum units built around first-person accounts, scripted social studies lessons, activities, backgrounds for teachers, as well as non-fiction Discovering Heroes series of books, and their curriculum uh, units. They also have an 1,100 square foot interactive museum that's on the road all the time. Never Forget means educate future generations. How did we get there? Help Tunnel to Towers educate kids just donate if you can 11 bucks a month at t2t.org t the number two t.org you can get
1: alex's book uh fossil future available barnes and nobles a great place to get it you can get glenn's book as well right there bn.com 10 percent off with free shipping
0: So the latest in Hunter Biden story is a really big deal uh, and really going to change the game, uh, oh, I think, uh, on the Hunter... Oh, yeah. What? Well, <laughs> let, me, let me clarify here. Is it a really big
1: deal? Because it's true? Because it's true and it's going to give us incredible new information about Hunter Biden or... Because uh, that's boring. Or is it a really big deal that's actually going to make a difference? Because I feel well, like I'm promised this all the time. And I know, I know, I know. It never, so, never So arrives. here's what I...
0: This reveals how corrupt everything in Washington is. So uh, it will mean nothing unless... Uh, you start cleaning up the corruption because this is just roping in everybody. And the testimony that is coming in done by the uh, the house is stunning. So there's a new whistleblower. Now, Hunter Biden got a new high powered legal team and he brought a war room together uh- The guy, uh, David Brock, I think, didn't he go over to the war room? A lot of the people from Media Matters, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And this legal team and this really aggressive public uh, relations team put out on the New York Times, the Justice Department. In the person of a U.S. attorney in Delaware, David Weiss was moving toward letting Hunter Biden off easy. The New York Times said Mr. Weiss and people familiar with the investigation says it appears to be focused on a less politically explosive set of possible charges stemming from Hunter Biden's failure to meet filing deadlines for his taxes and questions about whether he falsely claimed at least $30,000 in deductions for business expenses. So this would have been. Nothing, nothing. Okay. Slap on the wrist. Mm -hmm. Now there's a new story that is out and it came out this week on why this is taking so long and what is really going on. And it comes from a high level whistleblower at the IRS. He's been working with the justice department on the Hunter Biden investigation he is a career IRS criminal supervisory special agent. He's retained a letter. Uh, he's retained a lawyer and written a letter to Congress claiming the Biden administration is interfering with the investigation into the president's son. The anonymous special agent sent the letter and said, look. I, I am not going to reveal who I am. I'm not going to reveal all of the facts unless You promise my safety. Okay. That's kind of interesting. Uh, He said, I need to be, have the appropriate legal protections and that uh, I will only do it if I can be secure. Okay. So what is he saying? So what he's saying is really, I think, game changing. He is saying that the let me go to Merrick Garland, um, because Merrick Garland is at the heart of the whistleblower's claim. Um, when the attorney general was uh, uh, sworn in. He said, you know, look, I'm, I'm staying way away from this. There's no preferential treatment at all. OK the longtime IRS employee wants to provide information to congressional leaders to contradict the sworn testimony to Congress by Garland, okay, that he is receiving preferential treatment. Garland said there's no interference, nothing, I have nothing to do with it. Um, the the guy uh, is... Uh, Uh, The guy is the supervisor of the uh, investigation. We put the guy in Delaware. We put him in charge of it. It's he's a Trump appointee. He's from the previous administration. He's the U.S. attorney for the District of Delaware. I've met him as the attorney general. He's committed to the independence and we have nothing to do with it. So what's happening is they are. Dismissing at the IRS all the things that the whistleblower said. These are clear, huge crimes, and we would be pursuing them all the time. But uh, the, the attorney general or the, uh, the district attorney there in Delaware is dismissing them, and he's saying it's because of Merritt Garland. That Merrick Garland is putting a rope around things and saying, no, you, you, don't, you, don't, you don't need that. But he's doing it in such a way to where Weiss is just not asking for stuff. And the IRS is like, ah, what about this? No, we don't, we don't need that. And then Merrick Garland can say, well, he didn't want it, so it must not have been important. So Merrick Garland is, is dirty in this thing, and listen to who else it ropes in. Another official testified this week. This guy's from the CIA. He's the guy who helped write uh, and sign the 2020, 2020 uh, Biden laptop letter from all the, you know, uh, uh, former Intel people. Yeah, he's the guy who did it. Uh, <laughs> he says, now, Mike Morell, former acting CIA director under President Barack Obama said in a transcribed interview with the congressional investigators that before his October 17th phone call with Anthony Blinken, he had no intention of writing the October 19th Hunter Biden laptop letter. He testified yes and absolutely when he asked if the call with Blinken, who was then the top advisor for Joe Biden's campaign, is what triggered Mm. that intent in you. So, he gets onto a phone with Blinken. He's not going to write anything about it. He hangs up and he writes the letter. Was it Blinken's phone call that made you write the letter? Yes. He also testified that one of the two reasons he helped put the letter together was to help Joe Biden defeat Donald Trump. So now we have pretty much a hostile witness here, a guy who used to work for uh, Obama, Testifying that Anthony Blinken, who's now our uh, secretary of state, had that written and Merrick Garland is is putting ropes around uh, what you can investigate and what you can't investigate. Fascinating. So this uh, when you say, is this going to lead to something? I don't know, because it's not just about Hunter and Joe Biden now. Now this is about the people at the IRS that this guy is whistleblowing on. It's about uh, Anthony Blinken. It is about Merrick Garland. It's about the president. And who knows who else was involved in this. I've never in my lifetime. Yeah, I have never seen uh, our American government. This corrupt. You know, you know why people aren't going to jail when they testify falsely to Congress. Because Congress can only refer it to the Justice Department. They can only say this guy is contempt of Congress. Uh, He lied under oath. Then they refer that to the Justice Department and the Justice Department has to decide do we hold them and put them in jail? Do we try them for that or not? Congress can only refer them. So you can get in front of Congress and lie your butt off if you have control of the Justice Department. How are you going to nail Merrick Garland? I mean, you better
1: make sure that you maintain control of the Justice Department. Uh, that's, uh, that's key to that little game. But yeah, it's some, it gives you a huge line of defense. And then afterward, you can just claim... Uh, well, they're just coming after me because of politics. So it it does. This is why I'm I'm skeptical that these things ever lead to anything. And the good thing is, just like there's always some left wing nut job who is trying to you know take out every prominent conservative, there are people who are moderates and conservatives throughout the government. Who are seeing the abuses here and are not going to stand up for them now? Whether their whistleblowing turns into something,
0: uh, it's it's fair to be skeptical of. But you are looking at—I mean, this is a movie. This is a movie. Yeah. Um, You're looking at the cover-up. What are these people willing to do? I mean, Hunter Biden, Joe Biden—they knew they could get away with it because they were gonna. They had their cronies at the heads of the government. And they know once dad's either dead or out of office, nobody's gonna nobody's gonna bring this up. He just has to make it through his terms in office, and then nobody will bring it up, and it'll just go away. That can't happen this time. That cannot happen. We have to know the truth, and somebody has to pay the price. You can't just whitewash Merrick Garland. I mean, I I was reading some of this stuff today and I thought. That guy almost was a Supreme Court justice. Yeah. yeah. You know, I didn't know anything about him. I thought, okay, well, maybe I don't know. Another liberal. Another liberal judge. All right. I thought he was just a liberal. No, this guy, I think, is corrupt to the core. I think, too, part of it. He's that way even more now
1: because he's been convinced, like everyone else on the left, that Republicans stole that
0: seat on the Supreme Court. Which is a completely ridiculous thing. And, they, and shows his character. Yeah, which,
1: yeah exactly. I mean, it's, easy
0: to be, it's easy to have, you know, decent carry, uh, character when everything's going your way. When you start mm-hmm. to have pushback, what's your character? Yeah, and that's an insane telling of that story. Republicans had control
1: of the Senate. Even if they got a vote, he I wouldn't know. have got through. But beyond that, though, and this is goes all the way to the top. We always talk about the Bidens, but Antony Blinken, which, by the way, no H, not Anthony. Yeah, sorry. Antony, Antony. Blinken uh, is yeah, the Secretary of State. I know. I mean, th- this, these are people that were manipulating the,
0: certainly, at the very least, the politics surrounding the election and not only that, he's the guy, the The State Department was the one that directed the Pentagon on how to evacuate people in Afghanistan. It wasn't just the Pentagon. It, For the very first time, it was the State Department, and he was in charge of it. He also, did you notice when they were talking about sending all the money over to Ukraine? It's going through Anthony yeah, and the State <laughs> Department. All of this corruption— that stems really around Ukraine for a decade. All the same people are involved. All the same people are traveling back and forth. And all the people who seem to also be connected now to a Hunter Biden scandal. They're all in the pipeline of money going all around the world. Mm. And Antony Blinken is a legit Biden guy.
1: Like, this is the type of guy that was, you know, when the Obama administration was filled with people who thought Obama was God and were sort of embarrassed by Biden. Mm-hmm. That's not Anthony. Anthony no. Blinken's a dedicated Biden guy. And you wonder why there's not turnover at some of these positions. They all know this stuff. They all know they, what they've done. You right. can't fire people like Anthony no. Blinken because he's exactly been running right. interference and burying bodies uh you know of course we're talking figuratively here uh all over the place for the past 30 years these people you, you can't fire them no matter
0: how bad you think things are going they don't stay around they forever go- i don't think they think it's going poorly but not, maybe, you, if you've know, you got the if you got the crew that is willing to bury bodies and willing to deal corruptly why would you fire them you want somebody who's not in your inner circle no they might catch on to something Back in just a minute, Relief Factor is our sponsor. Nick wrote in. He said, I've been taking Relief Factor twice a day for three months now. I've noticed a huge difference in my overall pain level. I had knee, back, and feet pain for quite a few years. Now all of it is gone, and I feel great. Thank you, Relief Factor. Nick, thank you. I'm glad you decided to give it a try and finally get out of pain. There's a three-week quick start that was developed by doctors uh, for you. Just try it for three weeks. They feel that if after the three-week uh, quick start, if you're not feeling any results, it's not going to work for you. Um, but 70% of the people go on to order more. So they'll give you the three-week trial, nineteen ninety-five, and test it out. Try it. It's worth it if you can get your life back. Relieffactor.com. 800, the number four, relief. 800, the number four, relief. Relieffactor.com. Feel the difference. Glenn Beck. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck Program. We're, um, we're really glad that you're here.
1: We're talking about how the left tries to erase history and adjust it and manipulate it. And they do this all the time. And I, I, was, uh, I was reading the, uh, the announcement for RFK Jr.'s mm-hmm. presidential story. I think it was in the mm-hmm. New York Times. Mm-hmm. And they're now... No, because like think of the, the, ter- the, 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 the string of events here, right? the anti-vax movement right was always something that was at some level somewhat bipartisan right like it wasn't but it was I would say leaned left
0: yes and it was
1: small it was yeah small Um, you know I I go back to this article which I think is hilarious which is 10 anti-vaccine celebs this is from the New York Post 2015 Mm -hmm. who are the the 10 people that are famous Jenny McCarthy left right RFK Jr. Alicia Silverstone Mm -hmm. left now, Bill Maher, who's kind of now anti woke, but still mm. left. Miami uh, Bialik, uh, Jim Carrey. These are all left wing figures. There's really only one right wing figure in the entire list, which is hilarious. His name, Donald Trump. Mm. That's how the 2015. Now he's, you know, Mr. Operation Warp Speed. This whole thing, again, this is a weird issue. It's not a normal left right issue. But they. Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who has been a left-wing lunatic his entire life, a person who literally accused Glenn Beck of treason and (laughs) and implied that he should be executed, this person is now being promoted in in the New York Times because they've now turned on him from a hard left-wing global warming guy into a—now they don't like him. So now he is being portrayed as a, now he's turned into a a guy who's pushing for individual liberty. That is how they're describing in the pages of the New York Times, as a proponent of individual liberty. A guy who wants to control every aspect of your life, except their vaccines. Every other aspect of, his li- of your life he wants to control, but he's a proponent of individual liberty now. And
0: currently polling the at Glenn 14%.